We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The show today is presented by my good friends at Window Nation. December cold has arrived, and that's going to mean much higher energy bills for you this winter, especially with the price of natural gas. If you've got old windows and you've been thinking about new windows, call Window Nation at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. The December offer is this. You can get a house full of windows for just $99 a month, and they're offering 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung sliders, doesn't matter. Um, This incredible deal lasts through the end of the month. Call them, mention my name. You'll get a free estimate, so there's no risk. Uh, I've been working with Window Nation for 12 years, and they will take good care of you. The experience that everybody's had with Window Nation over the years has been great. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Tommy is with me today. Um, We are approaching one of the biggest games Washington's had in a long time. You know, I, it's kind of, I, I just got off the phone with Babe Laufenberg, Tommy. I recorded an interview with him for tomorrow's radio show. Um, such, right. a, such a nice guy. I mean, you know, you and I had him on the radio show many times, and uh, he, he's been on everybody's radio show you know, over the years because he's been calling Cowboy Games with Brad Sham now for a long time. And I actually, I had Brad on the podcast yesterday, so if you missed that, um, Brad was really good. You can go back to yesterday's show and listen to it. Um, but, you know, he, like, I got the impression from him that they think they're in for it this Sunday. You know, they're hopeful that they're getting healthier and they may be as healthy as they've been in a while, but they kind of have this sense that they're running into a buzzsaw named the Washington football team. It's kind of amazing. I mean, so it's the name of the Washington football team, at least for right now, uh, the call the, the team you don't want to play. Is that who they are? So I was doing this on the radio this morning. It, it was um, kind of a segment, and you and I can talk about it right now, actually. And that is there is this sense that they are surging towards a playoff berth. There is a all of a sudden a large group of believers in this team. You know, and I'm not just talking about locally. You know, the national shows on NFL Network and ESPN have been talking about this game and talking about this team all week. And it's amazing how many people are like, this team's playing at a high level and they've got a formula that works and they've got a defense that's been rejuvenated and they can run the football. And yeah, like, I think that there is this sense that Washington's one of those teams you don't want to play right now. Don't you feel the same way or not? Yes, I think they are. I, I think that's what they've become, remarkably. You know, you don't want them on your schedule uh, in December. <laughs> so, why, so why did this happen? Do, can you put your finger on it? Well, I mean, I have many fingers. I'll try to spare one. Uh, they're to, all, they're uh, all rather that. chubby. I've seen them before. Yes, they're yes very, they are. They're very thick. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I would say that, to me, one of the reasons is uh, 
that this is Ron Rivera's uh, modus operandi. I mean, we've talked about this before, and we kind of dismissed it early in the year because they were so bad, and we just didn't see a turnaround happening, uh, particularly without Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starting quarterback. But his teams play better uh, late in the season. That's his track record. So in a way, it shouldn't surprise us because this is what Ron Rivera does. I mean, you just got to wonder if, uh, I guess when we looked at the schedule and we looked at the murderer's row of quarterbacks, we didn't see a way for them to dig out of the hole that they would be in once they got to Ron Rivera's we're going to play well time. <laughs> right. We thought, they'd be, we thought they'd be buried maybe more than they actually were. Well, you know, but that, that... Seattle wasn't as good as, as, as we thought they were, you know, uh, and a couple of other instances came into play. And uh, so this is, this is where Ron Rivera teams usually wind up. The murderer's row of quarterbacks, they basically lost to most of them. You know, Justin Herbert, um, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the key game, and, and a caller pointed this out this morning on the radio show, and I don't necessarily think that this is like a big, you know, revelation, but I think it, it just it hit me. It's like the key game of the season was the Tampa Bay game. Yes, you know they came out Absolutely. of this like they came out of this bye week um, with no expectations. They may have had some, and Ron obviously did a hell of a job of convincing everybody. Hey, we're close. Not Bruce Allen close, but Ron Rivera close. But, you know, you're facing Tom Brady. You're facing the Buccaneers, who, by the way, were also coming off their bye week, and they had lost going into their bye to New Orleans in in big fashion. So they were coming out hungry, and somehow Washington's new model of controlling the ball and controlling the clock – um, at, you know, totally paid off. They ran like 25 more plays in the game than Tampa, and they won a game that none of us expected them to win. Nobody had Washington beating Tampa that week. And without that, even if they, you know, started to play well and won the, the last three, they'd be five and seven, and they'd be on the outside looking in, and the division wouldn't be in play even with two games left against the Cowboys. The Buccaneers game was the incredible, you know, jump start to this thing and the most unexpected because it was another quarterback on the murderer's row of quarterbacks, and somehow they won that game. And, and, and by the way, yeah. they deserve to win that game. Yes, and, and you know, uh, I mean, that's what I said when we talked the last time and when we talked about Taylor Heineke. That was the game that turned me around about Taylor Heineke because yeah. that was his answer game. Yeah. I mean, he, we, we believed that if he continued to turn in the performances that he had in the previous couple of games, he was going to be on the bench following the Tampa game. And I think he knew that. So, yeah, the Tampa game, uh, considering you're playing the Super Bowl champs and uh, the greatest quarterback in the history of the league, who, uh, you know, is, is still performing at a high level. The chances of Washington winning that game, nobody nobody gave them a chance. Yeah, and if you lose that game, 2-7, and seven, and like we've said before, very possible that Kyle Allen starts the game at Carolina the following week. And, yes. you know, and even if they're good enough with Kyle Allen to beat the Panthers, Seahawks, and Raiders three games in a row – Five and seven against an eight and four team. You're not talking about this game being a big game like it is now, because right now the division's within reach. So, um, right in 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 answering the question about putting a finger on it, there are a couple of things for me. You've already mentioned one of them. I do think that a lot of this is Ron Rivera and the people he's picked, staff wise and even player wise. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, he's obviously done this before. He did it last year. Like he, for whatever reason, is able to look people in the eye and lead at the worst of times. And people believe him. They, they, they believe in him. And by the way, the Tampa game, he probably needed badly 
um, because getting that Tampa Bay, uh, getting that Tampa win, made all of the discussion about we're close. You know, we're getting better, which he was saying even publicly. You know, after losses to Green Bay um, and to Denver, uh, that. He got validation, you know, inside that locker room with that win over Tampa. Um, I also think that they have become a very physical team. You know, this is one of these things that I think for most of us that didn't play football um, at that level or at, at any significant level sometimes, you know, um, are a little bit skeptical about what it really means. But, you know, we, you and I have been around people like Doc Walker, um, our, you know, our whole, m- much of our professional lives, and they are taking it to people physically on offense with that offensive line and on defense um, as well. And they're kind of, to use the expression, kind of imposing their will a little, a little bit physically um, on their opponents. And then, The last part of it for me is, and I give Ron credit for this too, because, you know, a lot of people have been skeptical about him as the general manager, as the lead voice on personnel, final voice on personnel. But, you know, the people, and he didn't draft John Allen, I understand that, and he didn't draft Terry McLaurin, I understand that, but he's gotten through to the mature guys in his locker room, and they're preaching the gospel. You know, John Allen, Terry McLaurin, um, you know, guys like that are pretty good guys to to have as believers in what you're you're selling because like he had with Keekley and Thomas Davis and others in Carolina, you know, they are, they're perfectly suited to be leaders. I mean, I, you know, John, uh, Chase Young had the C on his jersey. John Allen's the real leader of that defense. Yes. And, yes, he is. And so um, he's got some really good quality, you know, people, tough people that believe in him at, that, by the way, are playing at a super high level and and, and leading on offense and defense as well. Um, I was going to mention something else. You know, uh, I, I, I spent yesterday probably too long for some of you, but I, I thought it was interesting Um just the third down numbers and how they're a little bit, you know, backwards. Like they had a great first and second down defense for the first seven games, but the worst third down defense in the league. Um, and what was going on is they, for whatever reason, they couldn't get off the field on third and long. And yet in the last four games, their first and second down defense hasn't been that great. And the teams that they're playing have much shorter third and makeables. Uh, you know, 62% of the third downs have been third and four or shorter. A third of them have been third and two or shorter. But somehow they're getting off the field on third down. Um, I had Kime on the show this morning, and Kime goes, well, you know, their run defense has been really good. And I said, yeah, John, but you're not going to give them eight yards so they've got a third and two so you can be in a run defense formation. <laughs> like that's going to eventually catch up with you, which it will. Um, but um, beyond that, there's something else that's a little bit interesting about this four-game uh, win streak. They're minus one in the turnover differential over these four games. They only have three takeaways in these yeah. four games. You know, most times when – just call them an average team, you know, not an overwhelmingly good team, which I think everybody can still agree on right now. Usually when you get a big swing in a season, a four games, you know, winning streak, five game, it is turnover differential infused more times than not. You can go right to turnover differential and you can see, whoa, they got three takeaways in this game. They were plus three. They got three in this game, gave up one. They were plus two. And over that four-game stretch, they were plus six or plus seven. They're minus one right now. They only have three defensive takeaways. Now, to be fair, the defense has barely been on the field for these four games too because the (laughs) offense has dominated time of possession. So that's part of the reason but I just thought that that was interesting, too. They have not been a good takeaway team this year. And if they start getting turnovers, imagine what will start to happen in terms of points scored, too. You know, they're they're not getting short fields. They're not getting defensive yeah. scores. So yeah. No, they're not. I mean, look at some of, these, some of these drives that they've had, these lengthy, long drives. I mean, they started from deep in their territory. Right. 
Yeah. Right now, Washington's 27th in the league in takeaways. 27th. And, you know, their turnover differential right now um, is minus – they're minus five on the season. Like, if you start looking at the teams that have a negative turnover differential – some of these teams are very much in the hunt, which, which is unusual, actually. Um, but the leaders in turnover differential are the Colts, and they're still in it, the Cardinals, best record in the league, the Patriots, second best record in the league, the Bills, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys. You know, there are your top seven in terms of turnover differential. And right now, you know, all but really Indianapolis for sure are going to be in the playoffs, although Buffalo certainly has um, a tough road a little bit right now at 7-5 and five with Tampa um, on deck Sunday. But Washington's minus 5. You know, they're 27th in the league in turnover differential, um, and they are 27th in the league in takeaways. So they, uh, if, that, if that starts to turn in their direction, they could really get onto a roll and become a much more difficult out than even some people think they are right now. But anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, my, I'm going to be there at the stadium. Well, they're going to have the biggest crowd. And let me just real quickly, because let me see if I can find this now. I had it up earlier, but I'll paraphrase here. This guy Saul tweeted me. I think I, the first time I mentioned this was with you two days ago. I um, he's like, it sounds like you're, you know, I'm paraphrasing. You're really pushing ticket sales now for the team. Like, why are you doing this? It was kind of that kind of a tweet, and I think I did this with you the other day. But I mentioned that the new capacity, the revealed capacity. Yes, you did. The, yeah, sixty-seven thousand. Yeah, sixty-seven thousand seventeen. And that, you know, there are still lots of tickets available for the Philadelphia game. Which, yes, I was told that, and I was not asked necessarily, but they're like, man, we, this is the opportunity, is the Philadelphia game for Washington fans to, that are disappointed at, at the avail, lack of availability for the Cowboy game. And, by the way, the prices, which apparently are very high for whatever's left, they have standing room uh, seats that they're selling, I think, for 200 bucks or something like that. Um that the Philadelphia game. Look, yeah, I, I guess I was kind of pushing it a little bit, but I, I, I don't really care. I'm not, you know, the, no one's paying me to push it. It's self-serving. Number one, um, our relationship, Tommy understands this, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bore you with all the details. We've done that in the past. The relationship between the station and even this podcast and the team has not been real good over the years. <laughs> Um, so it, it'd be nice if it got better. Um, so I'll do my part on that. But number two from, I'd love to see for that Philadelphia game, which by the way, it has a chance to be a massive game for Washington. It might be the game of the five to close the year, a game between Washington and Philadelphia, which may mean a wild card berth in the NFC. I just think it would be nice to see a lot of Washington fans there and have a legitimate home field advantage for the first time in a while. Because I don't think Sunday is going to be a massive home field advantage. I'm sensing that it's going to be split 50-50 best case. I hope I'm wrong, and I could be wrong. But I was told that most of the tickets for this game were sold before the four-game winning streak, you know, sort of evolved. And right. that, w- that would be an indicator and, and again, that the Cowboy fans had, had, had bought them. Right. Like I've said, we've said before, that's not unusual. Cowboy fans that's right. uh, fill a lot of visiting stadiums. Yeah. You know, they, they make their presence known in a lot of visiting stadiums. God. So that's not particularly unusual. Yeah. All right. Um, we've got some other things to get to, uh, uh, including um, some Washington football team stuff. I also want to weigh in on the Wizards game last night, um, which I did watch. We'll do that and a lot more starting right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. This segment of the show is presented by MyBookie. Everybody's trying to cash in on the next best crypto, but if you want a guaranteed way to double your money, all you need to do is use my promo code KevinDC at MyBookie. It's simple. Sign up at MyBookie. Again, my promo code is KevinDC. If there's something already written in the promo code when you get there, erase it and write KevinDC, and your first deposit will be immediately doubled all the way up to $1,000. That's a pretty quick turnaround on your investment. The NFL playoff race is heating up. Bowl games get started next week. You got Army Navy tomorrow as well. Uh, you can do so much at my bookie. You can build your own props. You can create multi-game parlays. You can take part in my bookie's cash prize contests. Best time of the year to be betting on sports, football in particular, go to mybookie.com or mybookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll double your first deposit. If you've already got a place where you're betting, take my bookie's free money. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and double your first deposit, and you've got another place uh, to compare point spreads, money lines, prop bets, etc. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Uh, just a quick recommendation uh, read Nikki Javala's story um, in the Washington Post about James Smith Williams, Washington's defensive end. I won't say any more. Just trust me. It's a really, really good story. Also, that reminds me, um, always follow Tom Lavero on Twitter, at Tom Lavero and get the latest story that he's written, which you can always find on my Twitter account because I retweet it in, a, in timely fashion. <laughs> Um, after I've <laughs> after I've read it, um, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, how many how many weeks will have to go by where I, I won't have to remind you? I don't know. I I want. I mean, you, I, 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 I It's like a to, mental block. I want you to keep reminding me. Okay, so okay, so you know, you're it, not you're not offended. You're not you're not saying Jesus, well, uh, this guy's an asshole. He's no, no, bugging no, no. me. No, it wouldn't be a. It okay. wouldn't be that I was offended. It would be that I'm annoyed um, by you constantly texting me to say, "Will you retweet my column?" There are times, as you know, where I will read your column and do it without you having to ask me. Um, uh, but. Yeah. You know this. I'm not sitting there on social media as much as you are all day or as much as other people are all day. And maybe that's a weakness of mine considering the business that I'm in. I just don't really enjoy it as much. So I don't always know when you've written. You don't write every day. It's not like there's a predictable pattern to your writing. And then, no offense to the website that produces your 
your content, but it's a little difficult. So when you send me your story cut and pasted by email, I prefer that. That makes it so much easier. By the way, when is your paper going to get a website that's easier? Seriously. You know what? Here's, here's my thing with the paper. I write columns. That's it. Yeah, but you should work. That's, should... that's it. No, no, yes, no. Yes, yes. the God, more, such, the a, more, such a lone ranger. The more you get in, mm-hmm. the worse it'll get. The <laughs> more you jump into the pool, the more problems you'll discover, the more things you'll know that you don't want to know. And I have found over the years just to keep, I call it Lavero Island. I know. You've told okay? me about it. Things are good on Lavero Island. The rest of the world may be imploding, but Lavelle Island is fine. I don't. So, I, I don't. I don't want to know what how to fix the website. I don't want to know what the problems are. I just want you to listen to the music. That's it. You know, you are such an example of kind of a lone ranger. You've always been that way. You know, you on Lavero Island. You. Whether you've been an independent contractor or been an employee for whomever you've worked for, your mode of of, opera, of operation is to just steer clear of anybody in management. You don't want to be yes. anywhere near any decision no. makers. You just want to write your columns, and occasionally you like people to say, "I really liked your column," you know, the other day. That, great job. You want the checks to clear. And that's it. You don't want to be bothered. You like to do you look, a lot of people are this way. Um, you know, I think a lot of people out there listening that are salespeople in particular in various businesses, businesses, a lot of you are that way. You like the freedom to be able to do what you want to do. And as long as you're getting your job done, as long as you're producing, you know, you hope that management won't bother you. But with that said, I think you could have, contributed so much more over the years to your employers I, I because you're smart you have a really good sense of of what your readers in your case in your business what your readers or your listeners um, think and want and but you just steer clear of any of that and and part of that is because you just fear like the more you get involved the more you're at risk that's that's your but, that's okay. part of it but right? i didn't come to that conclusion like from reading a book or something like that no it's huh? i wasn't born into the business afraid of challenges i mean that comes from i used to be a boss okay and and i used to get involved and I, I've seen, I've seen the needle and the damage done, as Neil <laughs> Young would say. And I don't want the junk anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I've kicked the junk. That 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 attitude comes from years of being burned, of of trying to work with dumber people in management positions, and realizing that that knot on my forehead is from banging it against the wall. And. I think so. I, I think that your experience is look, I know the experience you've had because for this part of my professional life, the last 16, 17 years, I understand what management has been in this kind of business. Um, as you know, it's never stopped me from at least, you know, throwing some ideas and making some pitches every once in a while to try to make things better. Um, but I do understand sort of, you know, um, hitting your head up against that same uh, wall over and over again and just realizing that you may not make much progress. I think different industries are different. Like, I do think in any industry that you would have gone in, any profession you would have gone in, into you would have you would have been a, a, a contributor. You would have been a producer. And I think had you been in businesses that had many, like a lot more in terms of smart people and secure people, that you would have found your way closer to, you know, places where you would have been, been made more contributions as like, you know, a real decision maker. And I know you said you've been okay. a boss, but I, I just, there, there, yeah. There's, 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 there's one thing. 
the key word you hit there was secure people. That's usually the problem. That, of course, especially in the business. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's often the problem. Well, let me ask you, yeah. how, how many times can you remember where you felt rewarded for getting, for contributing and being involved as opposed to being frustrated? More times than not. Rewarded? Yeah, more times than not. I think, I'm surprised at that. Well, but, but remember, I haven't been in this business my whole life. Okay, I, I, that's true. That's true. You were in real business as opposed to this. Well, business. I mean, I mean, I, no. well, by the way, with, I get that. with people who, in many cases, were more secure, because that yes. has that seems to look. I'm sure that that is a hallmark of many businesses and industries, right? Where management is insecure, and there it's hard to work with people who are insecure. You know, um, and the worst is to work with people who are insecure and dumb. Like, that's really a problem. But um, I don't know. I think, you know, there have been some people in our business over the years. Like, I can think of one in particular very much so right now. Bruce Gilbert, you know, who we worked for for, I don't know, four years, three years, four years, whatever it was. Bruce now runs Westwood One. Um, I think it's Westwood One. Uh, by far and away of the CEOs that we had, he was by far and away the most secure. And by the way, the most right. kind of understanding that he didn't have all the answers and nobody did, but he was much more of sort of welcoming of, of anybody that, um, you know, had different ideas. I actually, you know, not everybody made out well when Bruce was our CEO. I always liked him and I always really respecting him. I mean, I think the list is really short of those people in this business. Well, you know, I I only I didn't work for Bruce nearly as long as he did. And he was he wasn't there very long. Right. Uh when I was there. Right. And then he was gone. So so I didn't have the uh pleasure of of working with him. Go ahead, clear for your as throat. Long as you did. Clear your throat, please. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm not going to edit that out. Um all right. Okay. What, whatever. Okay. Whatever. So, one, one, Mr. One, one, one more thing. What? What's the other one more thing? thing. Uh, the problem of insecurity is even worse in a creative business, as opposed to a a business. Why? A business? Well, well, because people take their abilities to create personally, much more personally. In other words, when I'm writing something. And an editor decides, well, that's not the way I would have written it, so I'm going to change it. That, 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 that's something that doesn't happen if you're making widgets, I don't think, as much. Yeah, I, 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 hear, I, I know why you're saying that. I'm not saying that I disagree with it because I don't think I, that I do, but I'd have to think about it more. I think that, I mean, making widgets is, you know, it's, that's, that's sort of the extreme on the other end. But I think... I think in a lot of businesses that aren't necessarily creative businesses, there's still creativity in those businesses or, or a need, and, and many people excel because of their creativity. Um, I don't know if that made sense to you or not. I, I know what you're saying to a certain degree, maybe, that, that artists are more insecure than business people is kind of netting it out, right? Yes. Yes, I mean, because uh, in one aspect, uh, that's how business people got where they are, because they're, 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 they're secure and confident in their abilities. And artists, uh, it's, this is not a, a, a trait I'm familiar with, but artists have a lot of self-doubt. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, I think that's probably true. Um, yeah, it's the, you know, it's kind of the left brain, right brain thing right i mean yeah. so you're you're more of a right brainer i think that's what it is right is right brainer creativity and left brainer is more sort of analytical mathematical whatever i don't know um okay know. no how about no brainer how about montez sweat <laughs> speaking of no brain <laughs> brainer brainer yes, yes. <laughs> um i'm kidding uh so montez sweat yeah, uh, did test positive for COVID. I think we know that now. It wasn't just a close contact. I'm pretty sure that that's the case. I think Kaim told me that this morning. Um, that means 10 days of quarantine, 
and then two negative tests required before he can play. So he's going to miss this game for sure. More likely than not, you know, given the late uh, in the week or later in the week diagnosis, the chance of him playing for uh, in, in the game against Philadelphia um, might be a long shot, although it's doable. Uh, this was the guy that in July training camp, I think it was training camp, said that he wasn't going to get vaccinated until he got COVID. <laughs> he was, he yeah. seemed to be a little yeah. bit confused that, that the vaccine was not like a medicine you take after you get COVID. It's not a therapeutic. It's actually a preventative. Um, he didn't really understand that. No matter how many doctors were on, you know, Zoom calls with the team, it didn't really sink in. So um, there you go. You, I think actually the more interesting part, Tommy, is that Montez Sweat may have played this week had he not tested positive for COVID. I don't know that we know that for sure, but let's just assume that he had a chance of playing this week. Okay, so he's not playing this week. Is anybody that upset? I'm much more upset right. about Logan Thomas not playing. Yes. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure there's no simple line, direct line of the correlation, maybe, between the, the two events, but uh, they played their best defense without Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Right. Yeah. You know, now I'm not saying that's a direct line correlation. I'm sure there's other things that come into play. And, you know, the possibility exists that if they were playing, they'd still be playing great, you know, good defense like they are. But, uh, I mean, this, 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 this guy is just, this is what he said, one of, one of his quotes from July. Uh, I probably won't get vaccinated until I get more facts and that stuff. I'm not a fan of, of, of it at all. This is part of the, what I don't get. I mean, this guy had a broken jaw, okay? Did, when the doctors worked on his jaw, did Montez Sweat say to the doctors, well, what are you doing now, you know? And let me, let me research first on the Internet to see if the best, this is the best way to fix my jaw. Yeah, that's apples and You know, let me, let me, no, it's not. Yes, it's it the is. same thing. No, it isn't. No, it's not. It, it's, it's the same thing. You don't believe that, that, that a doctor or science can help you without first you investigating it. Okay. Well, they've been fixing jaws forever. Um, they just start, they just came and up with a vaccine. A year, uh, well, yeah, but, but this vaccination vaccinating you and, forever. I understand that, but you know the amount, the information, and how you get your information based on where you know your circumstance is for something new like a vaccine is far different than you know, the information you're getting on a jaw surgery that's been done, but you the, know. The, for, the essence is the same. You're, 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 you doubt what, what health officials are telling you. Look, everybody now, regardless of your political persuasion, is doubting a lot of what people have told us, no. medical people no, have told us. Not. Hold on, hold on. Of course no, they are. No, they're not. Of course they are. No, they're not. I mean, what a blanket statement that is. Well, a lot. What you're saying? Which part of which part of it do you have a problem with? The a lot or the doubting, doubting a lot? A lot okay. of people okay. are doubting. Let's, let's take the degree out of it. People are doubting a lot. Or I, I see. I can't even say it without saying it a lot because I guess I believe it's a lot um, about what's coming out from our nation's medical leaders in regard. And I don't think that's disease. true. I think there's I think there's wrong. a handful of loud people who oh, are doubting on, it. There's Tommy. a handful of stupidly loud Tommy, people the, 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 who are doubting the, it. The, the, the trust in the medical information polling continues to decrease in terms of the confidence level they have in our in the, in the medical advice we're getting on COVID. By the way, let me just make one thing clear: information changes, data changes. And therefore, opinions and direction change. I don't know why people have a problem with that. I've never had a problem with the fact that one month they're saying yes on masks, next, no, mandates over, now it's back on, vaccines, you're not going to get the disease, vaccines, you will get the disease. This is a this is an ever-evolving situation. So I want I want my leaders, certainly my medical leaders, to be flexible enough to say, hey, 
you know what? That, that, that information we gave you two months ago is no longer valid because we've got more data. So I, I want them to take the latest data and then give us the best direction they can in the moment. But I think you are completely off base to think that people haven't lost confidence. Maybe not a lot of people or a lot of confidence, but people have lost confidence in the medical direction as it relates to this disease since the beginning of it and the information uh, and that I comes out. I don't think out. that's true. Okay. I, I just think that simply is not true. Okay. We disagree on that. Um, the polling would, would back me up on that. Uh, I can't pull a poll really? right now. Yes, I'll, I'll find a poll be, to, before the end of the show. But there have been there have been polls about the confidence level in things like Dr. Fauci or the CDC or what's her face uh, in the current administration, um, and it's not nearly where it was a year ago. Not nearly where it was a year ago. Why should it be? I mean, the Funny, information I'm changes at a, a lot. New research analysis oh, from September that yeah. says public polling on COVID nineteen vaccination has tracked you're, 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 the CDC rate yeah, you're, fairly closely. Yeah, you're 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 focused just on the vaccine. I'm focused on the overall disease and the directions related to the disease. Which, by the way, well, the primary I'm focused direction on the is vaccine vaccines. because this discussion is about Montez Sweat and the vaccine. Yes. Well, that's not what I was saying, though. You, you, you were. I, I was saying that the confidence level in the um, the public's confidence level in the medical direction on the disease is less than it was a year ago. That's what I'm saying. I'll find less than it was when the president was dismissing the uh, the actual disease. Right. The the president that fast tracked it with oh. Operation Warp Speed to get an actual okay. vaccine and took the vaccine. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Well, oh uh, my God. Uh, so so is that not true either? <laughs> what was his option? Well, to slow roll it? Well you just suggested that one of his options could have been to continue to dismiss it. But whatever. Slow roll it, not slow roll it. He publicly dismissed it at the beginning, true, and then they developed a vaccine. I don't even want to give him credit for it. His administration developed a vaccine in record time, and he took the vaccine. Is any of what I just said inaccurate? No. Okay. Again, he's a president. He was the president of the fucking United States. I understand. What were his options? Well, the, you know, yeah, you know what, what was it? You know, when they came to him and he says, "I want you to get this vaccine as quick as possible because it's going to cost me the friggin' election." Well, his lack of leadership, among many things, cost him the election. But uh, whatever. The current vice president at the time uh, was telling people that you shouldn't trust a vaccine uh, produced by that administration. That was really helpful, too. Um, Did you say that while she was vice president? No, she said it during the campaign. Oh. Uh, oh, okay, so that could be campaign rhetoric. Right. Anyway, uh, what started this conversation? I, I think that the confidence level among the American public has decreased as far as the medical community's direction and communication of this thing, and you think it has not. So whatever. I'll try to find some polling that uh, backs me up. Uh, anyway, um, what started this conversation? Montez Sweat. B uh, by the way, before we get back to Montez Sweat, which I think we're going to do, let me just make one thing clear in case anybody's confused. I'm pro-vaccine. <laughs> I am absolutely pro-vaccine, and I wish Montez Sweat had taken the vaccine. Um, because he oh, might... he's not a good teammate. He's not a good teammate by not doing it. I mean, he, he, he you know, I mean, he, he, if you think he's good, if you think he, the team is better with him, then, you know, he costs his team at least one, possibly two games of his talent out there. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think on one level there is a requirement uh, when you're part of an overall effort um, to win because everybody benefits if you win. People's incomes, people's well-beings are dependent uh, upon everybody performing. And on one level, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's not a, a perfect uh, uh, apples to apples, but it's the same way I've kind of felt about the whole paternity leave thing with athletes like I I just can't imagine that a football player who's significant would miss a big game in an NFL season because he's going to be there for the birth of his child 
I mean, there are too many, too many people's lives and livelihoods at stake. I think that there's a level of selfishness there. At the same time, you know, it's, it's unique because of the business that they're in, and you can't change the date of a game. You can change the meeting date if you're in a business to say, hey, we're going to have to change that meeting date. I can't make it. My wife is having a baby. I'm going to be there. Um, but, uh, we haven't really seen that manifest itself, like in a big player missing a massive game, like a playoff game due to, you know, paternity leave. I think we did see it though in the, well, we did see it in the, in the world series or the playoffs with the the national, with the nationals pitcher, um, the relief with Daniel, uh, what's his name? Yeah. The relief pitcher, the closer that they have on a blank here. Um, yeah, yeah, him, (laughs) him. Uh, but whatever. Uh, where are we going with this? What What, what do you? Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about well, Montez Sweat being a terrible teammate for not getting vaccinated. I think that there is a I, level I think, of responsibility that these players have to get vaccinated for the purpose of it because of their jobs and being a part of a team and part of a bigger thing that isn't just themselves. At the same time, I really am a strong believer in your body, your choice, but. Not everybody's but, again, your body, your choice should be the same based on their profession and commitment and money that they're earning. Well, um, I'm I'm a big believer in that we are part of a global village. Yeah, and you know you're you have a certain responsibility to your friends, family, and neighbors as well. Yeah. Well, everybody in my family's vaccinated, and yet my wife and son had COVID last week. Um, I know that. Hold on. Why are we blanking on the pitcher's name? It's driving me nuts. Daniel Hudson. Daniel Hudson. Jesus God. Yes. And I, I yes. think I think he missed a game in the league championship series against the yes. Cardinals. I think that's what it was. Yes. I what, think that's what it was. But yeah. it, it didn't seem to derail him, did it? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. He was great, and he closed it out in Houston in Game 7. Um, well, I tell you what, one of the things we're going to be talking about once football season is over and, and next baseball season starts is the health of the national franchise. Because there is a lot of grousing going on. Not a lot. There, I am hearing some grousing going on there from national fans about uh, the team moving into the 2022 season uh, and raising ticket prices. Uh, while they're in this reboot. Uh, that, that's going to be a story uh, moving forward in, in, in come opening day. You know it's not a story today? Anything other than the current Washington football team uh, and their game Sunday. But that's not going to stop me from talking about the Wizards game, and we'll do <laughs> that not. right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's finish up, uh, Daniel Hudson. Let's finish up with um, – I want to talk about uh, the Wizards game last night. And I, I also want to talk about Bradley Beal here for a moment. So um, the Wizards beat last night the worst team in the NBA, Tommy, the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons had lost nine in a row coming in. They've, they've now lost ten games in a row because the Wizards – 
you know, survive the Pistons somehow winning in overtime 119 to 116. They were down 14 in the first half. They were up 13 with like four and a half to go and blew the lead in regulation and then won the game on a Kyle Kuzma three from the corner in overtime 119-116. So the tremendous start that the Wizards had, you know, they started off 10-3 and and there was this really good feeling. And by the way, you and I talked a lot about how, my God, these home crowds, like their playoff atmospheres, you know, at Capital One Arena. And that made me happy because I, I would love to have a great NBA season for the for the hometown team. And by the way, when they started this, the football team was doing so poorly, it was like, hey, we might have something else to talk about. Um, and I told you back then, and this is not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but when everybody was saying how great they were on defense and all of the analytics were showing how great and improved they were on defense, I was telling you, I was like, I see that they are, you know, taking it more seriously and they're playing with great urgency and they're better defensively. I'm not going to deny that. But I've also watched some games where I don't think they've been great defensively. I just think the other team has really played poorly on offense. And I held out declaring that this was like going to be a great defensive basketball team because I didn't feel that in my gut watching them. I thought that they were much better and that Unsell Jr. is taking it more seriously than Scott Brooks ever did and all that's a good thing and they've got really you know they've got a deeper team and all of that would play out. They they have really fallen on hard times here recently. You know going into the game last night they had lost 4 or 5 they were giving up, you know, uh, a lot of points. Um, they were getting beat by double digits on the regular. Even their one close game the other night against Indiana really wasn't a close game. They lost by six. They were down, you know, they were never really in the game. And then last night, I, I forget if I said it on the podcast yesterday, I'm like, this is a massive game for this team. Because if they don't beat the worst team in the NBA – a team that got beat by the second-worst team in the NBA, Oklahoma City, on their home floor a few nights earlier. They're going on this unbelievable stretch of schedule where the season could really turn around in a quick in a quick hurry, and they could have a losing record by the end of the year. And they won the game last night, Tom, but it was not pretty. This, well, I mean... I mean, they they played a team that that had lost ninth straight or something like that. Or ninth straight. straight, yeah. They're they're four and twenty. Yeah. The Pistons are the worst team in the league. Yeah, worst team in the league. And they, they I mean, they're a bad team. Like they have, they don't come close to winning games. I mean, they they hadn't won since, um, you know, they hadn't won in like three weeks. And so I. I watched a lot of the game, although I was flipping back and forth with uh, that in Indiana-Wisconsin. I had Indiana plus five last night, and Indiana was up 22 and lost by five. That's one of the worst pushes you'll ever have. Um, but uh, but I, 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 you know, they, they built they – came, they, they, they came back, they took a big lead, and then I thought the game was over, except it wasn't. They just played silly basketball down the stretch in regulation. Bradley Beal up two, um, up, uh, up 106-104 um, late in the game, had a possession where he went backcourt, turned the ball over by going backcourt with the ball in his hands. It was such a terrible play. Um, they were up to 106-104. The shot clock was off. All you had to do was wait to get fouled, or if you got trapped, call a timeout. And it was one of those Bradley Beal turnovers where you're like, are you serious? You're going to go backcourt? And then they tied the game up on their next possession, went to overtime. Beal had another bad turnover in overtime, but he also made a couple of big shots, um, including the go-ahead shot late and then – Cade Cunningham, real quickly, the top pick in the draft, plays for the Pistons. Had not watched him play at all this year. I was really impressed with him. Um, anyway, Kyle Kuzma ends up hitting a three. They win the game. Okay, they won the game. They've got a tough schedule coming up. Uh, they're, I mean, a schedule in which they're going to be an underdog in a lot of these games coming up. They play really good teams. They have the West Coast swing, the whole thing. And then on the way back from the West Coast swing, they play Brooklyn and the Knicks. Uh, there's something going on, though. And there's something going on, and I had Chris Miller on the radio show this morning. Chris is one of my favorite people of all the media people in town. And he alluded to this a little bit. 
we're in a stretch here with Bradley Beal where if things don't go well and he's not confident that they're going to go well, I don't think he's going to be back here next year. Really? I think he's frustrated right now. I think he's frustrated with the supporting cast. I think he's frustrated with, you know, how much does the offense go through him versus others. There was a game that Chris pointed out to me. Um, I didn't watch this game. I think it was on during NFL football. They were playing Toronto um, a few days ago. Maybe it was last week. It may, may have been last Sunday. And he only took 12 shots from the floor. That's not a lot of shots for Bradley Beal. Okay, that's not enough shots for Bradley Beal. Um, I think it's the fewest number of field goal attempts in the game. And Chris sort of alluded to the fact that he was very frustrated after that loss to Toronto and trying to figure everything out offensively. Now, he came back and he had 34 in the game against Indiana. And last night he had 25. Um, But it wasn't the best game Beal's played. But he was on some podcast, and excuse me for not knowing Chris Haynes, but apparently he's got a very popular NBA podcast. And he was on this podcast the other day, and he was asked about whether he's ready to commit to the team in in the form of a long-term deal. And he said, quote, I got time. I kind of hold the cards right now. I've never been in this position before. I'm kind of embracing that, being able to kind of dictate how I want my future to be and where I want it to be. And at the same time, I'm not going to make the the grand commitment and have it not work. Ultimately, you've got to be selfish at some point. And for probably the first time in my career, year 10, I am. And so I'm kind of taking advantage of it in a way. Obviously, my full commitment is to the team. I want it to work. I've contributed to being here. I've contributed or committed, I'm sure he was trying to say, to being here. Um, I've been committed twice to being here. Now now I want to see that commitment to me as well as that we create a winning team here, a winning environment here. I'm a part of that, so i got to make sure that I'm stepping up and doing my thing too. Um, But I I, I think this is a crucial stretch the next couple of months. Like, I think they've got to be pl- play well. I think he's got to feel confident that the team around him is the right team to win. Maybe not a championship, but to have a chance to be playing in a lot of big games in May and June, certainly May. And if not, I hope that he is able to say to Tommy before the trade deadline, I'm not going to sign here so that the Wizards can get the most back for him prior to that trade deadline. I think it's going to be a really interesting, you know, couple of, of months, you know, before the NBA trade trade deadline because they haven't played well here over the last couple of weeks and they're going to have to play well and they're going to have to prove to him, Tom, that they that this is a place he can win or he's or I think he's going to go somewhere else. Well, one of the places he's not going to get traded to is Toronto, since he can't even set foot in Canada come January because he's not vaccinated. Oh, that's right. Uh, so yeah, so he's off your list. So he won't be he won't be get traded to to, to the Raptors. Yeah. Look, my from what I know about Bradley Beal, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's right, but I'm, since we're discussing this, I'll give it my best shot. He's not a strong personality. Okay. Uh, his wife is, and she's a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I didn't say she was I, I, just a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, I mean, in the sense that unpredictable. She's the one who, when Hank Aaron died, went on social media and claimed Hank Aaron died because he got the vaccine. She did? You know, yes. To which Mrs. Aaron, Hank's widow, said... Absolutely no such thing. Is that true? I you never. Know? I don't remember yes. that. Really? Yes. What do you think? I'm making it up. I sometimes I think you, you might, I, I'm. I'm just. I, I want to read this story now. Bradley Beal's okay. wife mocked for suggesting MLB icon Hank Iron. Uh, Hank Aaron died yeah. due to COVID nineteen. Okay, you didn't make it up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why would I make that up? I, I mean, I'm talking I, about I, a guy's I, wife. I'm, I'm not going to screw screw around with something yeah. like that. Okay, so, I mean, in Bradley Beal's conversation in, in that uh, podcast interview, I hear somebody pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. 
okay? Bradley Beal, from what I know, is very close to Tommy Shepard. I mean, they're, they're tight. And, and this team was assembled in part to support Bradley Beal. That was part of the reason for, for, for putting this unit together. I, he can't think that last year's uh, uh, supporting cast was better. He can't possibly think that. I mean, you know, so, uh, so I'm just kind of surprised. And it's, it's, I mean, you look, behind every man, there's a strong woman. Behind every successful man, there's a strong woman. And that could be the case here. Um, that's a big you're, you're, you're basically that's my gut you're, instinct. You're basically suggesting that when Brad's home, he doesn't have a vote. I mean, the only time he has a vote is if if he's home alone. Um, so I, uh, by the way, I think you're right about that. Um, I, I also, look, he has really been committed to here a lot more than anybody else has over the years. I mean, it's not been the ideal place for NBA players to come and win. Um, and no. so, I mean, on one level, like I've, I've kind of had this level of respect for him that he keeps, that he continues to stay here. He continues to talk about DC being his home, how much he loves it, et cetera. Um, but I think we're now at, uh, on the verge of, it's a put up or shut up moment for the organization. And I don't know what else they can do. Like this was a phenomenal deal that Tommy Shepard made for Russell Westbrook. Like they had a great yeah. off season. This is the best circumstance around Beal in a while. And based, it's certainly better than last year's situation with Russ, by the way, in that podcast, he talked about um, how, um, uh, let me find it uh, about Russ going to, to the Lakers. Um, and remember, uh, according to reports, Russell Wilson told Bradley Beal he needs to get out of Washington. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Uh, He said, quote, He needs to get out of D.C. I was happy for Russ because he wanted to, um, because he wanted to leave. I'm always happy for a player that they do what they want to do and what's best for their family. My initial thing was, okay, if I'm going to be here, what are we getting back? That was my first thought. It wasn't like, okay, I'm out of here too, which it could have been. It could have very well been. What are his options that he wants to go or what teams are looking to offer us the best package? So, um, yeah, you know, when when they traded Westbrook, he may have, you know, he look, he could have said that multiple times over the last couple of opportunities before, you know, inking a new deal or an extension. Uh, but let me just be clear about this. They better trade him if he's not going to sign. Okay? Now, the trade deadline is what? Usually, it's usually right around the All-Star um, time. So, uh, that's February, right? So, if they're not going to get him signed and he's not going to be a wizard for the rest of his career, uh, then they've got to trade him. You can't be left at the altar with nothing. You've got to get a lot back for him. And I think Tommy Shepard knows that. But I think that their goal is to get Bradley Beal to sign, you know, the long-term deal and, you know, have a good team around him and, you know, maybe get lucky with, you know, Rui coming back and being a star player or somebody like Avdia developing. I don't know. They're going to need another big-time star player if they're ever going to be a legitimate deep into the postseason contender. I've, I've I, said this I, many I, times. I, I Beal can't be your best player and win a championship. I like Bradley Beal as a player. I've never loved Bradley Beal as a player. I like him a lot as a player. But if he's your best player, you're not going to win a championship. Look, the unpredictable part is who's whispering in his ear. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, that, that, and I'm not just talking about his wife. I'm talking about, you know, the reports that Russell Westbrook was telling him that he needs to get out. I'm sure there's a lot of NBA players that tell that guy, dude, you got to get out of here. This is a mausoleum. This is a place where careers go to die. And no matter what you think about how good Tommy Shepard is doing, that is true. This has been a place where careers go to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't even know what they would get back. Uh, but I hope... 
I, I'm, I have more confidence in Tommy Shepard than I've had in, in anybody for a while, although yes. nobody was – So do I. But hold on for a second. Ernie was pretty good at the trade. He was pretty good at trading. Wasn't real good at drafting, <laughs> but he was pretty good at trading. No, he wasn't. Um, but uh, yep. So the arson, the arson is fireman. Yeah, that was always. He your... sets the house on fire, then he gets credit for putting out the fire. Right. Okay. What else you got for me today? Well, let's talk about what I think is going to happen on Sunday. Oh, right. You need to to, to predict uh, on Sunday's game. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this will be good news for Washington fans if they if if they think I have any vision, which I'm not necessarily sure do I, I do or not. Uh, by the way, we finished our betting contest in the class, my sports betting class, right. sports, sports betting class, sports business, sports media, right? And I lost four, I lost four hundred dollars <laughs> over five weeks, right? But but you didn't, you didn't get charged juice, did you? No. Okay. No, so, I didn't. So you really <laughs> lost at least four forty, more likely than not. Um, yes. Are, who won it? I don't know who won it yet, but I just know what mine is. I I I started out with a thousand, and now I've got six hundred. Okay, got it. All yeah. right. Um, yeah. Who do you like in the okay. game Sunday? I like Washington. I like Washington by the score of twenty-seven to seventeen. And I like Antonio as a side light. I like Antonio Gibson to run for 140 yards rushing. Um, I kind of like him too. I kind of like him too. I'll have my prediction on the show tomorrow, but I kind of like them too. Um, all right. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, definitely at least one guest. Um, but it'll be a lot of Washington-Dallas preview uh, to get you ready for there's, Sunday's game. Uh, there's just one last thing. Yes. Uh, have you watched the show su- Succession? My son loves it. He's been trying to get me hooked on it. Well, I just uh, I started watching it about two weeks ago, and I'm hooked on it. Well, so I am hooked on it. I haven't watched it. My oldest son swears that I will love it. He loves it. I've mentioned it to a couple of my friends who have said, "Yeah, you're gonna love the first season, but then it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get better after the first season." But you know, who knows? Oh, I was gonna. Well, I just finished the second. I just finished the second season, and there's one episode in there, uh, episode nine called DC, that really hits home in light of the Washington football sexual harassment scandal. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like how, clo- I mean, just, how close just, to just, home? Well, not close. In the sense that when you're watching it unfold, you're thinking this is probably what would happen to Dan Snyder in Washington football if they had to appear before a congressional hearing on sexual harassment. What's happened in the, to uh, Logan Roy is what would happen to Dan Snyder, probably. Um, it's not pretty. Also, <laughs> also, a Harris poll end of October... Um, so that would have been a month and a half ago. Uh, Democrats, 12 percentage point increase uh, in lack of confidence in Fauci. Republicans, which were already at a high level of lack of trust in Fauci, a 9% increase. Fauci was the biggest uh, focus of the poll. And that's really what I was referring to. Not the vaccine confidence level, because that has gone up since the vaccine first came out. In the overall now, you, medical you, you leaders... You were just referring to, to the lunatic fringe devil, the de- and that would be Fauci. Well, both parties represented, uh, lunatic fringe or not, um, both parties uh, have decreased confidence uh, in Dr. Fauci, according to this Harris poll at the end of October. By the way, um, some of these polls, too, um, deal with the loss of trust in him because of the whole gain-of-function research uh, issue. Uh, anyway, do me a favor. Just go back to Libero Island and enjoy the rest of the day by yourself, please. Okay. Bye. All right. We're done. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow.